What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Wolfpack Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Clemens, and here with me, as always, is my best friend and co-host, Michael Plant. What's going on, my guy? Nothing much. How about yourself, man? Nothing. Nothing. Just ready to talk some football since we haven't been able to all season. Um, As everyone can see, we're kind of down one person. We're missing Ike this week, but he had some technical difficulties. Hopefully, we could figure it out with him in the future so we're not one man down every week. Yeah, that would be uh, the key thing in this uh, uh, whole endeavor. I also, uh, if you don't notice, we're also trying something else new. Uh, we're coming at you live streaming this time around this season. Uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully being able to live stream every week. Ideally, we like to put the show out on Friday nights. Sometimes it might back, uh, back into Saturdays, but Friday nights is usually the, the time and place you can find us. Yeah, with that being said, uh, there might be a few mistakes here and there. Uh, you know, just bear with us. Uh, I swear to you, it, it will be funny to watch. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> so what we're doing today is we're going to go through the ADP right now from uh, July 1st until now to see what how everything's going, where players are going, and all that jazz. But first, I think we wanted to jump into some news. Mike, you ready to do that? You betcha. All right. Yesterday, unfortunately, we saw one of the best receivers in the NFL go down with injury, and that was Justin Jefferson. He obviously had a breakout last season in his rookie year. Um, he goes down with an AC joint sprain and looks to be out for a few weeks. Mike, what are you? what's the fantasy impact for that right now? Are you worried? Because we're still, what are we, still five, six weeks away from the start of the season? Yeah, we still got a little bit of time, and an AC joint sprain is – Best case scenario for this. Uh, yeah, man. I was, I, sorry to interrupt you. I was scared when I saw the video, and I know you saw it right away too, but right away when he went down, he grabbed towards his I, shoulder and his collarbone. So I, I'm pretty sure we messaged each other at the same time when we were like, hey, anybody else see what just happened to Justin Jefferson? That looked brutal. Yeah, yeah it, it was not good. Everyone thought it was going to be a collarbone injury right away. Yep, it, but just, AC joint sprain is pretty much best case scenario, I feel. Absolutely, but there's definitely some fantasy impact involved now because, one, he might come out the gates a little slow now. Mm-hmm. He might have a lingering injury if, if he comes out you know, a little sooner than expected because you know he's a young gun. He wants to get out on the field as soon as he can. Definitely, definitely. That I might also mean if he starts out slow, obviously, more targets for Adam Thielen. Oh, oh we, might even, we might even see an uptick in maybe some uh, – uh, not Kyle Rudolph, some Irv Smith Jr., Irv Smith, uh, that'd be nice. I, I know uh, the injury, it's not big news, but the injury with Chad Beebe being out, I, I know some rookies are going to get some playing time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on to the second piece of news. What do we got, Mike? Well, Joe Burr, go ahead. Yeah, we, uh, we got some news from training camp that uh, Joe Burrow's looking a little uh, timid. Coming out the gates, uh, I mean, they're only doing seven on seven, and I think he's he's completing less than half of, half of his passes, and he's not throwing deep. I mean, if you're only playing seven on seven, like take some shots. You know, he, he just doesn't seem like he he doesn't seem like he thinks he's healed mentally yet. What you what do you think? That's the thing that scares me. Apparently, he's like his footwork looks a little rough, and there's been people like falling not directly around him, but apparently the reports like he's lifting his legs, trying to make sure that an accident doesn't happen. So he just looks, 
it looks or it sounds scary to me, man. I, I mean, mean can, can you blame them though? I mean, what was it, an ACL and an MCL tear? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's no, it, it was definitely brutal. And, and um, then your and then your team follows up and not drafting uh you know an offensive lineman in the first round. I'd be yep. a little scared myself. But I mean, he was. It sounded like he was the guy who was pushing for Jamar Chase. So. But hopefully, like Tom Brady says, he likes to play a preseason to at least get hit. Once you once a quarterback gets hit, they kind of get they kind of lose that mental mind state and they're ready to go. You know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's enough about Jarrell. Let's move on to our next little bit of news. Sounds good. And I mean, this one scares me a lot, man, because obviously we're both at Scott Fishbowl. I had the 106 pick and i was stoked travis kelsey fell to me and he's already leaving practice early because of hip and back problems so See, I, was uh, in, I was in the same situation and travis kelsey fell to me and i'm not afraid to admit that i passed on him and now it's looking pretty good but you can't you can't predict this shit you, you just no can't. for real like uh i don't think it's anything to freak out too much about right now no, I think it's but, more of the, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I think it's more of the age thing. Like, and I, and I hate saying that because Travis Kelsey's a beast, but you know, when you get to a certain age and you, you know, get some back stiffness, your back is a major, you know, part of being able to move on the field. So it's, it's just a matter of how fast he can recover. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's just something, something to monitor right now. So. Yeah, it's it's no red flags just yet. Just a little bit of training, bit training uh, camp news. You want to move on to the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you take us there, the plan? Well, reports coming out of uh, the Saints training camp that Jameis seems to be leading uh, the pack over uh, Taysom Hill. Um, you think that's good? Bad? Uh, I think it, I I do think it's good for fantasy purposes and like uh, say Traquan Smith, Adam Troutman. And uh, and Elvin Kamara to an extent, to an extent. But uh, what we also didn't talk about, because all the other fantasy shows talked it, talked it to death already, was the Michael Thomas injury. And I know I wanted to ask you this. I know some analysts have thought, you know, with their number one target in the passing game going down, is that going to lead to Taysom Hill starting at quarterback and them concentrating on the run? Uh if, if Taysom Hill is le uh, leading the pack, yeah, they're probably going to do some form of an option, run, play, and Taysom Hill is just going to eat away at Kamara's value, in my opinion. Definitely. Uh, so Jameis is a best-case uh, best scenario for the fantasy pieces around it, even though without Michael Thomas, it's pretty much Kamara and, and the hope of Adam Troutman because Traquan Smith has not been it. No, and he's been there forever, and he still hasn't been able to put it together, even with Drew Brees. I don't know if him and Brees' skill sets just didn't line up because Traquan's kind of known more to be a deep threat. You know, Brees, towards the end, didn't have quite the rocket of an arm anymore. Yeah, and Traquan Smith, I don't know what it is. I mean, you have Drew Brees, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame passer throwing you the ball, and he just can't catch his balls. I mean, last year he only had a 68% catch percentage, and that was bottom of the team. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy now that you said that. But uh, but yeah, I'm hoping Jabez is the starter. It's it's more fun for fantasy. But I mean, 
The hope let's, is that he's going to check down to Kamara. Let's because talk. I don't think I don't think Hill's going to do it. You know, he didn't show it really last year when he had the starts. Well, mobile quarterbacks don't really like to check down to their running backs. So I, what I wanted to ask you, let's just spend, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds more on this. Does Taysom Hill vault into a start most weeks if he's the starter with his rushing floor? Any other team, if he was named the starter, I'd say yes. But because he's on the Saints playing under Sean Payton, you know that he's going to throw Jameis Winston in there, even if he calls Taysom the starter, and vice versa with Jameis. So I think that's what makes this situation so hard to predict. Yeah, either way, Jay, they're both going to eat into each other's. Like Taysom's still going to be, even if he's not the starter, he's still going to be part of the offense is what you're saying, right? They're going to do the gadget plays and all sorts of stuff. Absolutely. Probably Even more now without Drew Brees. Even right. more now. Sure, sure. All right, but, that's enough Saints talk. Yeah, we'll go on to some pretty big news. I mean, I know it was a couple days ago, but it's a pretty big news. Uh, Carson Wentz and uh, Quentin Nelson, both same same foot injury, 5 to 12 weeks out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some people don't think that's huge, but that's big for uh, Jonathan Taylor. I know Carson Wentz gets laughed at about all the time, but that's really big news for Car- uh, Jonathan Taylor. But go on. How crazy is it that they have the same injury to their foot when it's not a common thing either? It's not a common injury. I heard somebody, it, it must be karma from how they treated Peyton Manning dirty, you know, all those years ago. And they're just <laughs> still reaping the <laughs> in that. But I that it's like the Niners last year when all of them went down, like every single starter went down and they were playing with the ungodly amount of practice squad players and people just off the street. Yep. So it, it just could be just that year for the Colts where everybody's going to get injured. Unfortunately, I, I hope it's not. Hopefully but, not. But uh, what's that? One stat I wanted to sh- uh, share with you guys is I was listening to the fantasy focus podcast and field. The aids had brought this up. When Jonathan Taylor runs to the left side of the line where Quentin Nelson is the left guard, obviously, mm-hmm. he rushes for 4.2 yards per carry. Last season, when Taylor ran to the right side of the line, he averaged 2.1 yards per carry. So if Quentin Nelson is out until October, that's big, big, that's big time right there. That hurts Jonathan Taylor's value. That hurts the playmakers on the outside, Michael Pittman, the tight ends, Paris Campbell. That hurts all them guys, am I right? Oh, you're absolutely right. And, and what's even more detrimental to it is, and again, he gets made fun of all the time, but Carson Wentz going down because now you have a guy like we, Jacob Eason. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't even mentioned his name yet. You got Jacob Eason <laughs> running the pack. I mean, I, I'm, he could he could be the guy. Don't get me wrong, but he's yet to prove it. He, so until then, he's going to get talked down and defenses are going to stack the box against Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And I, I've heard some decent things about Jacob Eason, but I've also heard that he struggled. There's been a couple times where he's dropped snaps. He's thrown a couple picks in practice. He's been under like 50% of seven on sevens or 11 on 11. So, I mean, that's training camp news for you though. You get good, you get the bad and you kind of just kind of, you got to sift through it all. Yeah. And it's not even like you can, talk to Philip Rivers and see if he wants to come back or not. Because what do you do when Carson Wentz is ready in, you know, in October? 
you're paying and like Philip Rivers made twenty five million dollars last year. So you're gonna get you're gonna give Phil more money after you just traded for Carson Wentz. So then you're just gonna bring in a whole bunch of drama. So it seems oh, like and then Jake, you're having an ego issue probably with Carson Wentz and Philip Rivers. Because what if Philip Rivers comes in and they do well? They're not gonna just make a quarterback change. Exactly. And they did fine last year with him. I mean, exactly. he's Phil's not the guy he was, but he's still serviceable. That's for sure. But I, I just leave it to Carson Wentz to still be kind of screwing over the Eagles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's not even there. Like they're not <laughs> even going to get that first round pick now because he ain't even going to be playing. Right. Uh, let's move on to our next little bit of news, though. Uh, this one, this one kind of excites me a little bit, but only fantasy wise because I like Cam Newton, but. He's he's terrible for the pieces around the uh, around them in New England. Yes, he is, especially to David Harris, man. I, if anyone who knows me knows that I think David Harris is the man, and as long as Cam's the quarterback, that keeps that takes away all David Harris's ceiling. Oh, he's absolutely! Not going to get any touchdowns. All the all the red zone runs are going to go to Cam. Not even that. I mean, it just seems like. Unless it's going to be a big busted play by Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne, it, if they get in the red zone, it's going to be Cam running in it. Right. Yeah. And, and that just depletes everybody's ceiling on that roster. So, but with Mac uh, being at the quarterback, I mean, you at least get that opportunity when you get into the red zone. He's not going to scramble for, you know, a touchdown. He's going to, you know, just maybe dump it off to Damian Harris. Yeah. They're gonna chuck it more with Mac with Mac at quarterback. Absolutely, they're gonna take a little more a little more shots. You'd think, especially after the way Cam played last year. That's but, why it's so crazy to me that it sounds like Cam is Cam is winning this battle. Maybe COVID really could, did. Maybe COVID really did affect Cam's play last season. It could it be could. that, or it could be. Uh, I've, I've I've I always hear it. The New England Patriot Bill Belichick playbook is notoriously hard for rookie quarterbacks to learn, especially it just quarterbacks in general in the first year. And that yeah. could have been an issue with Cam Newton last year as well. Like he could definitely it could be, you know, that much in depth more to the playbook this year. And he's got an advantage on uh, Mac just because of time. And Mac still learned it. Like, yeah, like you just said, Mac's still learning the playbook. No matter how smart he is, it's still going to be tough because McDaniel, McDaniel's offense is going to be pretty pretty intense i'm gonna assume like deep oh, I, you know what i mean absolutely but and you know bill, bill belichick he just wants you to make the right decision do your job do your job and if if matt can't read the you know right reads he's not doing his job correctly but if cam newton can and he can you know just hit him well enough he's gonna run with cam newton until Mac starts getting that playbook down yeah most definitely but, but I th- uh go on i think that's all we got for news right yeah, that, I think that pretty much wraps up the news. We can move on to the main part of our show right now. Um, the ADP likes. All right. Well, let's start with quarterbacks. And looking at the list, we're going off the ADP on uh, NFC. Um, we got Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback, and he's going at pick 27. You got Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott through your top five. Yep, and uh, the the interesting thing about that is, I mean, it's not that interesting, but Mahomes is going early third, while Josh Allen is uh, early fourth. I mean, eleven picks, dis- eleven picks after what Josh Allen was the QB one. That's a pretty big discrepancy. It really is, but that you're not big on. 
I mean, but third round, Mike, you're, does Patrick Mahomes intrigue you in the third round or no? Or are you waiting? I'm, I'm waiting on that because you can get such a good player in that third round still. I mean, it doesn't sound that great, but my draft strategy with, you know, I'd, I'd like to wait on the quarterback. And if you're waiting on quarterbacks, you're filling up the other positions. And, you you know, you're getting a top-tier running back or maybe even a top-tier uh, wide receiver through that first or second round. And then you're going to get a player like, you know, maybe J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin. I mean, you, you might even get lucky and get a George Kittle. I'll take a George Kittle over a, a quarterback because that tight end positional value is just – it's above and beyond having such an early quarterback draft. Uh, I, I agree 100%. 100%. But if those quarterbacks do fall and you see value, say Mahomes falls to the fourth or fifth round after you have two two uh, running backs, a tight end, and a receiver, or depending on how you build the roster, I mean, if the value is there, take him. You know? Yeah, I mean, if the value is there, you always take him. That's the only reason I like those running backs there because – I already have a solid top tier running back. Let's say in Derrick Henry, or even even a, a back like Saquon Barkley, who's falling in the back of the end of the first round. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'll take. That, go on. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the uh, Saquon Barkley and uh, DeAndre Swift, who's going to get the volume as my RB two. That was something we should have talked about in the news. Is them saying that they're going to ease Saquon in? That was one thing that we forgot about. Eh, I mean, they're going to cut his workload. He might not even be ready for the first week. Uh, did you see that? No, I mean, I'm not surprised, though. I mean, they, he's due for an extension. They don't want to rush him, get him injured again, and then have a reason not to extend him or not keep him. Because he is a game-changing back when healthy. Oh, Totally. That's what I, I get so upset because people forget about Saquon Barkley. Like, you know, two years ago, as a as a even as a rookie, he was number one out the gates as your fantasy quarter uh running back on a crappy Giants offensive line with Eli Manning just kind of dumping it off to him. <laughs> exactly. That's I mean, what he why, needs Danny Dimes to do when he's when why he's can't in he there. do that again if he's healthy? Yeah. That's the only problem he's had so far. And I mean it's just insane to see him fall as far he at, fall as far to grace as he has, and then see Christian McCaffrey, who missed almost as much as him last year, still remain that one hundred and one pick. Yep. Yep. But I mean, that, he deserves that one hundred and one pick. Yeah, and, and it was back to back years where Saquon's been banged up, so it's kind of leaving a bad taste in his own. It style. is. It's definitely recency bias. Well, let's jump back into the quarterbacks because we definitely went off topic. And that was it's hard. It's hard not to shoot the shit with you. Yeah, definitely. But uh, after the first five, Dak's going at Dak is the fifth quarterback going, and he's going with the 49th pick. But then you got Justin Herbert all the way at the 61st. So there's another tier break. So there's 12 picks in between those two. Uh, and then you got Russell Wilson at seven, Tom Brady at eight, Aaron Rodgers at nine. And Stafford at 10. And then uh, Jalen Hurts at 11. And then Michael Platt, you're like Ryan Tannehill as the 12th quarterback off the board at pick 87. You yeah, like Tannehill um, at that value, huh? I really do like that value. Um, what is he? QB 
12. QB 12 coming off the board, and he's got two top-end wide receiver ones on his team that's capable of, of putting out wide receiver one seasons. Plus, he's got somebody like Derrick Henry to ease the load off, so he doesn't have to carry the offense. And he's been super efficient the past since he's got there. Right. Uh, and to get him in the early eighth when you've already loaded up, you know, your you know two running back spots, three wide receivers, you know, maybe even your tight end, and you're going to fill out your last spot with Ryan Tannehill. Give me mm-hmm. that. I mean, you didn't even talk about the addition to Julio Jones in the offense. I mean, that was the second wide receiver uh, oh, you, I was okay. talking about. I just I'm didn't sorry, mention I'm his sorry. name. Sorry. Sure, sure. But, no, uh, I mean, it's very capable. If he, I know everybody's, you know, down on him this year because, you know, last year he was so banged up and he's over 30. You know, it's Travis Kelsey's over 30. He just got banged up and nobody cares about him. Right. And Julio's a monster. I like their offense, man, this season, especially their defense wasn't good last year. And their defense got worse. No, they. I mean, they tried a little bit adding here and there to add to it, but it's not that. It's not going to be that big. I know they want to rely on Derrick Henry, but if they're losing games, they're obviously going to be in negative game scripts, and that obviously opens the door up for Ryan Tannehill and the AJ Brown and the Julio Jones. So I'm with you, man. I uh, I like where he's going in drafts. I have him in a couple uh, best ball drafts that I've done because I'm a degenerate and i'm in about 15 <laughs> 15 uh best balls on underdog and uh, i just gotta say something real quick i'm sorry i actually missed a comment that we had uh about seven minutes ago when we were talking about philip rivers and i i have to laugh just talking about it uh jeremy erickson chimed in uh, told us that uh rivers arm is weak <laughs> <laughs> yes sir yes that is correct <laughs> you're not wrong and it's super funny <laughs> yeah but uh, we can't, we can't, you know, not let him be heard. The people need to be heard. <laughs> Definitely. But we should uh, move on to your uh, quarterback value because I mean, if we if we go through any more uh, deep quarterbacks, I, mean, I might lose my mind a little bit. But he's got good value. You're not your your guy. You want to talk about? So I'll let you go ahead. My guy is none other than Fitzmagic, guys. If you haven't heard, he's in Washington now. Well, he was in Miami last week, last season. Sorry. Through the first six weeks, he was quarterback eight. And then they deci- the Dolphins decided to get a bug up their ass, and they wanted to go with the young guy with two A, just sit him. And rightfully so, Fitzpatrick was pissed. He was upset. He felt like that team had just got taken away from him. Now he's in Washington with a buttload of weapons. He's got Terry McLaurin. He's got Logan Thomas. He's got Curtis Samuel came over from Carolina. Swiss Army, Swiss Army knife, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. Pass catch it back. Um, I'm blanking on his name. McKissick. JD McKissick. I hate. I don't even want to say his name. I'd really hope you were gonna, you know, remember that, so I didn't have to even say his name. And guys, <laughs> you're getting him at the 25th quarterback off the board. Middle 13th. You're almost getting him for free. If you're one of those guys who like to punt quarterbacks and you like to build. Strong roster construction everywhere. And just Fitz, depth, depth, depth. Fitzpatrick is the guy that I think you should be targeting. He doesn't th- have to worry about anybody behind him. Who is is Taylor Heineke going to take his job at some point? I don't no, think so. I don't think so. They're going to win games. Their defense is good. They're going to win games. I think their best bet is for Fitzpatrick to be their quarterback all year. What do you think? See, yeah, 
I think I think you're absolutely right because last year, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like to. I hope he succeeds in Miami. But last year, all right, should so Ryan Fitzpatrick was better. He had a better oh. completion rating. He had more touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he had more interceptions, but he also had more wins. And he was better for fantasy. He was supporting Devontae Parker as a wide receiver three. Mike Gusecki was borderline wide receiver or tight end one. He has stuff like that. And then Tua comes in and then the whole offense just boxed down. Yeah, I know. So I that what I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna do is just open up that offense a little bit more. And I I don't I'm not gonna go to the extreme because they do still have a really good defense. There's no reason that they're gonna be throwing it all around everywhere. Right. Yep. But he's going to be able to support a wide receiver one in a Terry McLaurin, like he was supporting a Devonte Parker last year. Um, he, he he's never really showed any evidence of supporting a tight end in Logan Thomas or or Desecchi really when he was in Miami. But he might be able to. He, I think he can dump it down to Antonio Gibson. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Agreed. But, Agreed. Let's uh let's move out of the running backs now. Uh, I'll let you go first since I hit it off with the quarterbacks first. Sorry, give me one second. Oh, uh, you're all good. I just figured I'd let you go first because you know you you picked the lower hanging fruit uh, between the two of us. Yeah, looking at the running backs, obviously, the your first ten, twelve running backs are going off in the first twenty picks, actually. Looking at it right now, the first 13 picks are – or the first 13 <laughs> running backs go off in the first 20 picks. Starting with Christian McCaffrey and ending in Joe Mixon at 13. Then you got Clyde Edwards-Zillaire, uh, DeAndre Swift at 15, J.K. Dobbins at 16, Montgomery 17, Sanders 18, Jacobs 19, and then my guy who I wanted to talk about was Chris Carson. I get it, guys. You probably have a bad taste in your mouth from him if you have drafted him the last few seasons because he struggles to stay healthy. He's never played a full 16 games. But when he's on the field, he's awesome. The 12 games he played last season, he he only missed double-digit fantasy points twice. One of those games was what the game he got hurt in. The offense is explosive, and they rely on the run a lot. And Russell Wilson likes to use him in the passing game. He's, yes. he's shown. I mean, he had four receiving touchdowns last year, even while he was hurt. Yep. He's had fumbling problems in the past, but those seem to be behind him. He only fumbled one time last year. But that's my guy who I'm targeting with as my RB2, RB3. Guys, you get him with the 39th pick. I mean, yeah, you're just betting on health. If he can stay healthy, which, I mean, we say that almost about everybody, but if mm-hmm. he can stay healthy with the offense, I mean, would you say? He only played 12 games last year. He had 141 rushing attempts, and he still got 46 targets. Well, like, <laughs> so, and if, if you want to go running back, running back, running back, or if you go wide receiver with one of your first two picks and you get Carson as your running back two or running back three, I'm stoked with that. Just make sure that you have somebody – who's consistently on the field as his backup or as your RB1. Yeah, I can't can't argue with that, especially when you got that many running backs going that early. Because, I mean, people love the running backs. Yep, they sure do. And then you got, after Carson, you got Etienne at 21, James Robinson 22, Kareem Hunt 
Javante Williams, Miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds, who's going at uh, pick 66. And then you got your guy. You've been touting him all offseason. If anybody knows you, your guy, who are you talking about? Mike Davis. Mike Davis. <laughs> he's got the most boring name in the NFL, but, I mean, he's also got some great value. I mean, it is it is criminal how late he is going. <laughs> I mean, he's running back to, what, 26? 27. 27? I mean, that says it in itself right there. I mean, the guy's projected to get a full workload. They The Falcons did not sign anybody of relevance besides maybe Cordell Patterson. Woohoo. Um, he's Todd Gurley last year in this offense. He was garbage. I mean, respect to Todd Gurley. I mean, double-digit touchdowns, though, right? Is that what you're getting at? Well, I, it wasn't double-digit touchdowns, but he had nine. He had nine touchdowns last year, and he was – I, nobody really wanted to play him. The ghost of Todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even get a receiving touchdown, but he still got 34 targets. I mean, so – it's obvious that this offense wants to use a running back, especially, and I haven't even talked about it, but Arthur Smith coming to town. He likes using the running back just as much. Oh, yes, he does. As um, long as Davis is on the field and staying healthy, man, he's going to run him and run him some more. He's no Derrick Henry. Don't get me no, wrong. No, he's not. The one thing that Arthur Davis has shown, though, he can turn an offense into an efficient offense. Mm-hmm. And an efficient offense can benefit a running back, a wide receiver, and the quarterback. So uh, getting Mike Davis at running back 27, I, you're going to get him as a flex start every week probably, unless he's injured, obviously. You're So you're looking at guys going around him. You're looking at Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Javante Williams, Kareem Hunt, and James Robinson. Yeah, like the he, only one that you named right there is that's getting a workload with him is probably Gaskin. Exactly. I'm taking Mike Davis over all of them guys. I agree with you. I'm not going to reach on him, but as no. if you if you wait a little bit on running back and you end up with Mike Davis as your running back too, in what round is he going? Oh, you in the six in the sixth round, you get him as your running back too. That's outstanding value. Uh, especially when you're going to be that top heavy with wide receivers. Agreed. And like you said, should be a very efficient offense. Talking about wide receivers, let's move on to our uh, likes for our wide receivers. All right. Why don't you roll through ADP for a little bit, LaPlante? Well, for the ADP, I I got – well, we we, we wanted to be a little uh, dangerous. Yeah, we definitely went a little deeper with our likes for, uh, for receivers here. We didn't want to, you know, pick all the low-hanging fruits on the branch. So, uh, I went with uh, Corey Davis, uh, wide receiver 51. I mean, yeah, you heard me right, 51. That's crazy. He's the number one in the offense, in the Jets' offense. They paid him to be the number one. It doesn't sound like Denzel Mims is getting much love. Uh, Jameson Crowder ain't getting much love. He got his contracts (laughs) cut. Yep, pay uh, cut. I mean, Elijah Moore is going to be involved, but he's going to be the slot guy. He's going to be taking all the underneath. Is drops. he, though? Is he going to be the slot guy? Because that's where we want him to be, obviously. 
That's why we wanted to see. I mean, I don't ever want to see people lose their jobs, but we kind of wanted to see Jamison Crowder move on, right? So we could see Elijah Moore in the slot. I was really hoping he'd move on to the Packers. Something, man. <laughs> Something. Even the hell, the Bears could use a slot receiver still. After trade away Anthony Miller's bum ass. <laughs> I would have taken Jamison Crowder over Randall Cobb any day just, of the week. Just not A Rod's boy, man. I don't understand why he even wants him. I... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's talk about your boy, uh, Tyler Boyd. Guys, Tyler Boyd's value is incredible right now. Weeks 1 through 10 when Burrow was on the field, he was wide receiver 18. Once Burrow went off, he tanked. Wide receiver 66 for the rest of the season. I had him. I know. I felt it. I went. Yeah, that's that's tough. The crazier thing to me is that Jamar Chase and T Higgins are going as wide receivers or sorry, they're going their ADP is the 56th and 57th player off the board. You know where Tyler Boyd is going? He's a slot receiver in the offense. He's going as the 86th player off the board. See, you're telling me well, sorry. What I'm trying to tell you is that Boyd is the best value in that offense. I like Higgins and I like Jamar Chase, but they're going too early for me. Way too early for my taste as well. Especially where Boyd is going. And he's obviously going to be the target hog. He's in the slot. I mean, to be honest with you, all three of these guys, they all got 100-plus targets, and that was with Joe Burrow out. I mean, there's so much potential here for Joe Burrow to support all three of these guys. And would you ra- would you rather, you know, reach a little bit on the flashy name of T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, or, you know, get a foundational, solid, consistent, you know going to be a consistent player in that area. Um, I, I'm sure you can name off a few players in that area. I'm not looking at it at the moment. Or do you want to wait a couple more rounds and get a guy who's going to get just as many targets. I agree, man. Was king. Definitely. Definitely. I like Kenny Galladay. He's the number one in an offense. He's going around Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like right at Ayuk. Kenny Galladay did have a little bit of an injury, in our, and we missed that with our training camps. But most of the training camps, we hope to see these players. Nothing serious so far. But uh, you want to move on to our tight ends then? Because, I mean, we did pick some pretty mundane receivers. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, go ahead and move on to tight ends. Obviously, you got your big three with Kelsey going as the eighth pick overall. Then you got a big gap. Darren Waller, 22nd pick. George Kittle, 30th pick off the board. And then there's that teardrop again. There's 33 picks until another tight end goes off the board, and that's Kyle Pitts. And then LaPlante, the guy you wanted to talk about, is fifth at ADP right now. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, too, I kind of even want to change it to Kyle Pitts because I like <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, I know, I know. I didn't see like that. that much of a teardrop on Kyle Pitts. Dang. Um, but my guy I'm talking about is uh, Mark Andrews. I mean, we've, we've already seen it with uh, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews is the number one target for that team i mean i mean at least for lamar jackson 
Marquise Brown had over 100 targets last year, and I'll tell you what, you didn't really notice that. But Mark Andrews had 88, and he was way top more five noticeable. tight end. Yeah, way yes. more noticeable because he's going to be the guy that Lamar Jackson looks to in the end zone if he needs the, if if he doesn't want to run. Maybe he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to, get, to get him uh, at what tight end five? You're getting him at tight end five, pick and sixty-five. Pick you know, sixty-five. I mean, late fifth, early sixth round, right? Yeah, that's not bad for a positional tight end value, and you're not reaching too hard on you know a Kelsey where you're going to miss out on somebody like a Barkley, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, who, Austin I love, Eckler. who we both love, Nick Chubb, who I love, or like even Darren Waller when you can still get you know a DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. Like, and I like Kittle this year, you know, because he's being slept on a little bit because of his injury last year. But I think I, I like the potential of Terry McLaurin, as we were talking about earlier with Fitzy. My guy. Uh, and and CD Lamb. I mean, all great things coming out of camp for him. I, so to be able to get one of those players and still get a guy who has shown you to be a top three, top five tight end before with Lamar Jackson when he's, when he's hot and moving. I'll, I'll do it every day. No, most definitely. How about your guy? I know, I know you. Uh, you're gonna get, probably get a little little shit about this. <laughs> so then you got you got Mark Andrews fifth fifth tight end off the board. Then you got Hawkinson six, Goddard seven, Fant eight, Logan Thomas nine. Those guys are all going in the six through nine rounds. And then there's a big teardrop again between Huge fifteen teardrop. picks between. Logan Thomas at nine, who I'll get into a little later. I'm not too fond of Logan this season. But my guy that I wanted to talk about is Tyler Higby. Guys, Stafford went to L.A., so it's going to be improved quarterback play. I know everyone has a bad taste in their mouth from what Higby did to him last year. Everyone, oh, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, (laughs) tight end. He's going to be top five tight end all this. All he did was disappoint. He showed flashes early, week two. Gerald Everett was out, of course. Tyler Higby, I think he had six or seven targets. They caught three touchdowns. Completely blew up that week. But unfortunately, with Gerald Everett's presence there, Higby wasn't able to capitalize for that for the rest of the season, so he was a little bit of a disappointment. Luckily, Everett's out of there, and he's in Seattle. So uh, if you punt the tight end position and you're waiting later in drafts, you know, 11th, 10th, 11th, 12th round. Tyler Higby's the target or the guy that I'm locking in on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as keen on him as much as you, but I can absolutely see where you're coming from with the value on punting on a tight end and just stacking up with depth of wide receiver, running back, maybe, you know, through a flyer on a quarterback in the in those later it's, rounds. I mean, I probably should be drafting tight end early just for the positional value. But I know you and I have talked about this. I really like my teams when I wait on tight end and don't go to tight end early. I feel like you were saying, I feel like if you draft a tight end early, it hurts the depth of your other positions, if that makes sense. It really does. I mean, it absolutely has the positional value if you get a player like a Travis Kelsey. But then you have to completely change your draft strategy to kind of cater to picking a tight end in the first round, second round, because you're missing out on a first round running back that's going to get that three down running back value, 
or you're missing out on that tier one of the wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, Calvin Ridley, maybe even this year. Yep. Then you're then you're kind of if if you you know you're all of a sudden you're scrambling to make up for that position, and all of a sudden you're in the you know the dead zone, and and then you're making bad decisions in the dead zone. Like even if you're taking George Kittle, who's the thirtieth player off the board, guys going behind him, Keenan Allen, wide receiver one upside, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver one upside, Allen Robinson, wide receiver one upside. Hell, even CD Lamb has wide receiver one. Yes, upside. and you're passing on that for a tight end who is solid, obviously, but there's just. I don't know. To me, there's, there's just so much more. You only have to start one tight end. In most leagues, you're going to have to start at least two wide receivers, possibly three. Sometimes. Then you got flexes yep. to worry about. Yep, agreed. You don't have to start a tight end in more than one spot. Majority of the cases, unless you're playing tight end premium, then obviously you reach on these guys. A yeah, more. and you want to attack the tight end position more in tight end premium. Or if you're like me, you just still kind of say fuck it and just <laughs> you then you're drafted Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Like well, that's the whole point is we're kind of we're kind of looking for that um, last year. We're looking for that Darren Waller. Uh, nobody really – everyone was like, oh, Darren Waller, he was kind of an anomaly. It's not going to happen again. And he kind of slipped into like that fifth, sixth round a little bit. And nobody thought it was going to happen again. And boom, he, he was tight end too. Oh, he was awesome. He was awesome. Won you a fantasy championship. Yes. I, I appreciate <laughs> that one. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you, Darren Waller. <laughs> It's nice but, uh, when you don't have to set the tight end position, but it's also nice when you can wait on a guy that's going to fall to you that could possibly be a number one, number two option on that team. Right. Um, before we jump into the dislikes, Mike, do you have anybody that you want to talk about that you just love where they're going? Like, I'll start off. It, it was close. But see, Clyde edwards Lair. He's going as the 14th running back off the board, guys. I get it. He disappointed people last year because he was being picked as a top five running back, but he's going as the 14th running back off the board. Borderline borderline third round pick as the 22nd player off the board. I'm, I'm get- trying to s- grab him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see the uh I can see the hatred on the ADP on the ADP right there. I mean the he's kind of getting disrespected because that offense is explosive. It's the best I mean, offensive football. Sorry. I mean, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting all and we were, up we now. were talking about it earlier with uh, Kelsey with the minor injury. He had actually, we had somebody comment on Kelsey when we were talking about Kelsey telling us that it, it's Kel, uh, tight end is Kelsey and everyone else. Otherwise you can wait till the seventh to 10th round while loading up on running back. Boston Strangler. I agree with you a hundred percent, man. I, I completely agree with you. I agree with that comments, and I agree with the name. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But hey, hey, hey we he, he's chiming in again too, uh, talking about you with Ceh McKinnon getting a lot of praise. Uh, I can see it. He I might get the pa- he might get the passing down work. I know Ceh is a pass catcher too, but McKinnon's will be involved a little bit. I agree with you. He'll he'll get a little bit of value, but even last year when you know the big signing of uh, Le'Veon Bell, and then you had Daryl Williams eating a little bit of time. Le'Veon Bell only got eighty-two, you know, rushing attempts. Daryl yeah. Williams got thirty-nine. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Helaire still had one hundred and eighty-one. He just wasn't that efficient. 
And he missed time. And he missed time a little bit. Plus, he was also, I mean, he had the touchdown regression. Right. Struggled to get into the end zone. Yeah. So, I mean, he, it's very unlikely to have that volume and only have four rushing touchdowns again. But McKinnon is still going to eat into that a little bit. Probably more in the passing game. I can see it. Sure. Sure. I uh, appreciate you chiming in, bro. Yeah, absolutely. We always love talking with the fans. You got anybody LaPlante or no? Or do you just want to move into the dislike? Uh, just just a, a random one, I guess. Would And we talked about him just a little bit. He's just not as high on my radar. Uh, Miles Gaskin. I mean, he was going around that range of Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about him. They were, didn't really add anybody in Miami. Uh, they wanted to. Apparently, we heard they were trying to trade up for uh, – they were going to draft Javante Williams, and Denver hopped in front of him, correct? That's what it yeah. was, I'm pretty sure. But then they didn't make any moves afterwards, didn't sign anybody. I mean, they got Malcolm Brown. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he just seems like a vulture that every coach loves. Oh, I, I feel like he's going to play that Jordan Howard role that everybody loved. And like what you brought up, Miles Gaskin, he's going as the 25th running back off the board. You have guys like Javante Williams, shared a backfield. Kareem Hunt, shared a backfield. James Robinson, Travis Etienne, all sharing the backfield, and they're the four picks before Even Gaskin Chase off Evans. the board right now. You got Miles Gaskin just sitting there, and he's got a four wor- full workload, guys. I I agree with you, and that's a, a pretty solid pick there in the in the sixth round. Uh, I think we got one more uh, comments here from the Boston Strangler, and I, I, I want to talk about it a little bit. You can see it now. Uh, what do we think about Carter from the, the Jets camp stepping up above all the others? What I guess that depends on what do you think of Tevin Coleman and I think Michael can't P. stay Ryan. healthy. <laughs> I agree, but I feel like he's just been a pest wherever he's been. In Atlanta – He's, he peaked the ceiling of Devontae Freeman. In San Francisco, he peaked the ceiling of Raheem Mostert and uh, Jeffrey Wilson and whoever else was there. So I, I couldn't agree more, actually. That's a pretty good point now that you talk about it. Like, Michael Carter, I think, will have the volume in a PPR setting, mm-hmm. um, possibly even in a half PPR, depending on how you know bad the defense is. Because I, I think Salah's going to turn the defense around a little bit. I can't see it all happening in one year. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, but if they got to throw the ball, I mean, they're, and they don't have much time, hey, dump it off to your new you know guy that you just got in the fourth round. He's pretty shifty. He's yep. good at catching the ball. Good pass uh, catcher. He was the third down back in college, sharing the yeah. backfield with Javante Williams. So I think I think uh, if you tend to go the zero RB approach, or just wait on running back a little bit, or you wait on running back a little bit, or even you just want to stack up on that depth because depth is always a great thing at running back. It's such a volatile position, and to have as many guys as you can is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I think he's good with his value. Where is he going in the value? Um, he's going. At the 77th pick, I mean, that's middle of the eighth round. That's, isn't it? He's going around guys like Ronald Jones, Mostert, Gordon. Where you know they're not going to really get much of that passing game work. I'm definitely taking Carter ahead of those guys. I'm probably taking, I have Carter in my rankings actually right behind Mike Davis. 
in their early twenties. I so, I don't I don't not like that. <laughs> right. I just I, I think it's gonna be Tevin Coleman to start. And then once Michael Carter kind of gets a little more acclimated to the league, maybe the playbook, they're gonna and be, then, uh, 20 uh, more seconds on him. It also comes down to if he's gonna get the red zone work as the running back. Fair. Is he gonna be efficient enough in the red zone to be able to score? Is he gonna pull that Clyde over to Lair and not be able to score? In right. The red zone? Right. But Hopefully we appreciate we appreciate all the uh, input, Boston Strangler. We just got to move on to our ADP dislikes now because we're we're running a little slow, but absolutely fine because, like we said, we love everything you guys have to say to us. So jumping back into the quarterbacks, Laplant, go ahead and talk about your guy who you got written down. Uh, I mean, this has got to hurt you to say, man. It's your guy. <laughs> it's your team. Yeah, it it hurts me a little bit, but. It hurts me a little bit too because it's my Scott Fishbowl quarterback. Kind of hurt my feelings. I think if I remember correctly, I, I even put Aaron Rodgers in there before. I think this this was before he actually had his whole thing like, oh, I'm going to come back and prove you guys wrong. <laughs> uh, I, go but ahead, I guess it's just it's just the uncertainty. Plus, also, he had such an insane year last year. He had a nine point seven or three touchdown rate. I mean, his average is about five, six, but that 3% jump is. Oh yeah. He's definitely due for some touchdown regression. Yeah. To to score 48 touchdowns. That's a career high for him. Mm -hmm. I love the dude, but that's That's a career high. I mean, I also feel like he kept throwing wide receiver screens to Devontae Adams from like the one yard line just to get fucking throwing touchdowns. That's what I felt like last year. (laughs) <laughs> like and you would th- you would think with the defense in Green Bay, and I'm not just being a homer. Their defense got better. Defense is good. You would. Think I mean, they got, they can't you, stop the run, but their defense. No, they can't stop the run. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they can figure that out. But I mean, you would you would just hope. But mm-hmm. that's all I got to say about my man. Well, we can talk about your boy. Uh... My guy's Jalen Hurts. Guys, he's going as the. 11th quarterback off the board. He's going ahead of guys like Ryan Tannehill, who LaPlante talked about earlier. I'm taking Tannehill over him. I'm taking Joe Burrow over him. Every time. Matt Ryan, that's a little closer for me. Not a big fan of Matt Ryan. I, but I, I get it hurts. There. I get it that Hurts has a solid floor every week because of his rushing ability. But guys, the man only completed 52% of his passes last year. That's one of that was I want to say that was the worst out of I know he only played what five or six games. Yeah, I think it was uh, four. It's one of the worst. I know I wrote about it in an article. He had a worse completion percentage than Dwayne Haskins. That's not what uh, you want to hear, folks. No, he doesn't have any <laughs> weapons. His number one guy, Devonta Smith, spray. We didn't talk about this in the news. He sprained his ankle, or no, or was it a sprained MCL? Mike, do you remember? Can you check uh, there real quick? I think it was a sprained uh, MCL. I think you're right. That. that might even be worse than a sprained ankle. I, but al- already he's banged up. Jalen Rieger came into camp. I don't know if he saw this. Did you see his sick catch, though? <laughs> I did. But before that, he failed his conditioning test. <laughs> <laughs> his, I, still, his best two weapons, just like for once, are his tight ends. A good thing for him, Zach Ertz is still there, even though he's been in trade talks all offseason. And Dallas Goddard's there still. I mean, it's, but, and even so, Zach Ertz isn't that appealing. 
No, I'm. Ju- I would rather take a safer guy than that, than Jalen Hurts. And I mean, even so, like, there's no guarantee that if he does bad, that he's gonna get yanked. He's Joe he's, Flacco. He's not guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, he's he was a second round pick, if I, my mind serves me correctly. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's not guaranteed the job. In fact, he's so much not guaranteed the job that. Uh, Boston Strangler chiming in again. I, I love his enthusiasm. Uh, Bingo. Eagles, I was just going to say that. The Eagles supposedly in talks with Houston for Watson. I mean, yes. why do you? Why are you going to depend on Jalen Hurts if you're talking about going to get Watson? Agreed. Agreed, man. If you man. felt confident in him, why are you even trying? Just to touch on that quick, do you believe Watson's going to play this year for somebody? Or are we going to see him like a I'm trying to remember. Our commissioner's exempt list? Yeah. We saw someone else get thrown on there. Josh Gordon, right? Or it might uh, have been... Yes, Josh Gordon. I think even Johnny Manziel made it onto that list. Perhaps. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they're not in legal... Well, he still might be in legal trouble, but it, uh, while it's still under investigation, Goodell still has the opportunity just to say, hey, man, you're not playing at all this season. I, it wouldn't surprise me. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he did it the other way too, because they've I've seen both cases with it. I mean, I mean they did it with Tom Brady a little bit too when he was having his issues with his cases. I mean, like he was fighting it and whatnot. Then they're like, oh, we'll give him four four games, or even Zeke the one year, like he fought that and he got to play eight games and ultimately ended up hurting him. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson, because this is all speculation. They're allegations. Nothing's been proven yet. I mean. I mean, there he's, might he's, be a little more than speculation because he's trying well, to uh, settle outside of court. And stuff. I get it, but everyone's everyone's guilty. I mean, <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, yeah. And I he's got to have a fair trial at least. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, we should. Yeah, we shouldn't get too much into that because we're kind of speaking out not, of terms. We're not smart enough to be talking. <laughs> about terms. Um, but we we do always appreciate the input, Boston. Yeah, man. I and I agree a hundred percent. That goes into my argument even more that. He's not even guaranteed to be the starter. I mean, he, then uh, he, he asked, is the risk of Hertz uh, worth the risk for the ADP? No, he's not. Nope. No, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. I, it's just, you could get a solid look. Even here looking quickly, if I try to find Jalen Hertz, where are you, buddy? <laughs> what are you looking at? Jalen Hertz, where is he going? Okay, he's going like you said, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, yep. I'd take a Tannehill. I mean, I'd even take a Damian Harris, who's going around that area. You got uh, Ronald Jones. I mean, I I like the depth there because then you can even still wait on a Joe Burrow, a Matthew Stafford, somebody who's done it before, who's proven it because it's so big to have that proof that it's been done before. Mm-hmm. But we can Let's, move on uh, to our running yep. backs. LaPlante, go ahead. Your guy hop, pops up on the ADP first. Who's your guy? It's funny that I actually – we I think we had this before the news came out with Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure as well. That's pretty funny. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, he what, what? where is he going now? Uh, if I look that up real quick. He is going right, running back six. Um, man, that's so early. It's and I I like him. I like the talent. 
But now you got Marlon Mack coming back. You still have Naheem Hines there. I mean, you got Jordan Wilkins. I mean, they've shown that it's going to be a committee for the most part. I mean, you had the benefit of Phillip Rivers last year. Um, dumping off the ball to him. Is Jacob Eason going to do that? You don't know. You don't. I mean, so to, to draft somebody like him that early when you can get a guy like Austin Eckler, who you knows, I mean, yeah, the health concerns, issues there, but they upgraded the offensive line. They got uh, a guy like Corey Lindsay over there, who I, I hate the Packers for letting him go. Drafted Rashawn Slater. You ra- drafted Rashawn Slater. You got Justin Herbert coming into year two. He's not, he's not willing to chuck the ball down, but he's also smart enough to dump it off if need be. I'm taking, not- taking Zeke over Jonathan Taylor, just much safer, better offense. I kind of like Nick Chubb over Jonathan Taylor, even. And, and he's if going you- later. If you follow me on Twitter at dclemens2222, I ran a poll yesterday actually asking who would you rather have in full point PPR, Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler? And it surprised me. So I think we're, we might catch some hate on this. 53% of people still said Jonathan Taylor. But I just, I personally disagree. I think Austin Eckler has a higher ceiling. I think he does too, just because, and I kind of going against the grain now because I'm saying, oh, we want proof, but Jonathan Taylor's proof last year was a little suspect. You had the, you know, he had the benefit of getting more volume due to the Marlon Mack injury. And then when he had his crazy run, he was playing teams like the lions, yep. uh, Houston. And, uh, and this is what fires me up. Mike Jonathan Taylor arguments that never gets brought up. But as soon as someone says David Montgomery's name, What's the first thing that someone says? Oh, shit schedule. He tore it up at the last six games because it was a shit schedule. So did Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) So did he. No, you're absolutely right. And I guess the only reason why people, I I mean, me. And Taylor struggled early in the season. Well, the only reason I don't really like Montgomery is the fact that he got 84% 84 of his team's rushing attempts last year. That's asinine numbers it'll go down a little bit oh it's absolutely gonna go down but he benefited from the schedule as well yeah for sure cohen's struggling to come back a little bit but the bears also signed damian williams and he's just not gonna just be there he'll be involved a little bit so i agree with you there so who's next here on our list i got my guy who we got is jk dobbins at Running back sixteen, guys. I've take. I talked about Chris Carson earlier, who is going at twenty. I'm taking him over him. David Montgomery taking him over him. He's in a split backfield. They just re-signed uh, Gus Edwards, gave him a decent contract to to be involved in the offense, and he's got the most mobile quarterback in the NFL with Lamar Jackson, who's just going to sit there and eat into his volume as well. Yeah, I don't. I, I like the jump. I like I like the talent he has. I just don't like his environment. That and he environment just caps his ceiling. And like we said earlier, mobile quarterbacks don't like to dump the ball off. And I know how our boss said they're going to use Dobbins more in the passing game. I don't believe you. 
<laughs> I'll tell you, Shelby. <laughs> I really don't. And no, Dobbins I'm, was I'm a believer so... in actions where it's Dylan. Dobbins <laughs> agreed. Dobbins was so efficient last year. So efficient. He led the league in yards per carry. Is he do you see that happening again? Is he gonna stay as efficient as he was? Because I mean, then maybe he maybe he will return running back 16. I value. Can, I could see it possibly happening just because of the again, the offense he's on. They like to run the ball. But they have shown evidence that they want to throw the ball maybe a little bit more this year, just and, by their moves. And they've been talking, Rashad Bateman, all that. They're saying, we want Lamar to throw it more. We want Lamar to throw it more. So if, if they're going to take away his volume and he's going to be less efficient, I'm not a big fan on him. But yeah. I love the talent. Agreed. I do too. It, it has nothing to do with the talent for me. It's just his landing spot and the, the offense that he plays for. Oh, see that this is, this is why I like you strangler. See, you're not what you're not afraid to also be against us. <laughs> he thinks he's good. He thinks Dobbins will be a top 10 running back. Edwards, nothing more than a breather back Ravens, best team in running back run, uh, in football. They are. They're the, they are the best team in the uh, NFL at running ball. Right on. I want them to show us that Dobbins is the lead guy. He needs that passing volume, too. A little bit. That's what's uh, going to give you that top 10 running back finish. Is hey, yes, the, the upside. You, you I, I can't remember where I found this stat, but you, you're not going to get a top 10 running back unless you're getting about 300 touches from that running back. Can you see J.K. Dobbins getting 300 touches? Because if he if he does, he's guaranteed top 10 running back. Yeah, I really I just don't see him getting there. No, I can't see him just I just can't see him eclipsing that volume. But, but hey, uh, I we appreciate it because this is this is all opinions, man. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome. But jump it over to receivers, the plant. Your guy. Uh, you talked about this offense earlier and your likes, but your wide receiver, you're not a big fan of AJ Brown and his uh wide receiver eight and his twenty five uh his pick twenty five ADP. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not a fan of his ADP. I'm a fan of him. Absolutely. Oh, you can't not be a fan of AJ Brown. Uh, he's so fun to watch. I mean, even mm-hmm. when he's injured, he's like an animal on the field. But right. I, just going at uh let me pull up his ADP here. Going at Wide receiver eight, that's you're 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 hoping he gets that wide receiver one value again. And they just added, like I talked about earlier, Julio Jones. So mm-hmm. you know they're gonna throw the ball to Julio Jones a little bit more. So it's just a little too rich for my taste with his ADP. If Are you, you go ahead, if, sorry, if, sorry. If I know it's not possible. But if, you know, the situations were flip-flopped and Julio Jones was in A.J. Brown's spot and A.J. Brown was in Julio Jones' spot, I would, you know, be ecstatic to get A.J. Brown. But it's just that you know that these guys are both going to be wide receiver one target values. Mm. And it's just a matter if they get the volume to return that earlier value that A.J. Brown is going. I get what you're saying. Are you taking A.J. Brown? Oh, sorry, are you taking Keenan Allen over A.J. Brown? I like Keenan Allen more than A.J. Brown. I do. Are you taking Terry McLaurin over A.J. Brown? Absolutely. I love Terry McLaurin this year. Absolutely, yeah. I love him too. That that one's tough for me. Like that and what who I'm about to ask, Allen Robinson or A.J. Brown. That one's the tough one for me just because 
there's questions at the quarterback. Oh, for sure. Allen Robinson gets the volume. I was going to say, he's going to see 150 targets if he's yes, healthy. For absolutely. He gets the volume. But it's it's the matter of the quarterback. Because that's, I mean, I guess that's why I like uh, McLaurin. Because I like Fitzy. I, I think he can do it. He can support a wide receiver one. Uh, what was the other guy you said? Uh, Keenan Allen. I like Herbert. He showed last year that he can support a wide receiver one in Keenan Allen. Yep. And then but, the last guy who I just want to bring is C.D. Lamb. You take it CD over AJ. Ooh, I'm still taking AJ Brown. That was a tough one for me. I love CD Lamb. I love the talent of CD Lamb, and I just love hearing all the great things out of camp from him. Crowded receiver room too, but but I get uh, that's the thing. I think it is is the crowded receiver room that's going to make me lean AJ Brown. Amari you know, Cooper is uh, Amari Cooper is a little banged up though. Offseason ankle surgery, a little slow coming out the gate. I know, but uh, I agree. I take AJ Brown over. Even if Amari's out, I still think Zeke is top of pecking order over him. Whereas, if the case if Derrick Henry was out, who's the number one guy in that offense, it'd be AJ Brown. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But But let's talk about your guy. Yep. If you guys know me, this is not a surprise to you. I've never drafted him, and it might. Have been the detriment to me, but I'm just not a fan of the guy. Mike Evans. Guys, he's got as wide receiver 14. Last season he had two games where he had one reception or two receptions, just saved by a touchdown. He's completely touchdown dependent. He had third, I think he had 13 last year. He's in a crowded wide receiver room with Chris Godwin and, and Antonio Brown. Um Evans is going two spots higher than Chris Godwin. I'm take. I'm sorry. I'm drafting Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. He's yeah. just going to see more volume. He might not catch as many touchdowns, but I don't want to rely on a touchdown dependent player every single week. I'd rather see the volume. And no. then you have Antonio Brown. You know he's talented. He's just a little. Whew. He's going as wide receiver forty-two, thirty. Wide receivers are being picked between those two. And you know he's going to be a part of the offense. That's Tom Brady's boy. So for me, it's just tough drafting Mike Evans at that price point. Yeah, at that price point. you're. Only, I mean, he only got 109 targets last year. I mean, it's just a hard pr- price point. He's going ahead of Robert Woods. Uh, no, I'm taking Robert Woods over him. He's going ahead of Julio Jones. That's... Probably, I'm taking Julio over him. Hell, yeah. I'm taking DJ Moore over him. Yeah, I'm taking the upside with DJ Moore. Evans is just not someone who interests me and has never really interested me. Um, but uh, let's wrap it up, LaPlante. Let's uh, jump into tight ends. Who's your guy here for tight end? Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we could talk about tight end dislikes all day, every day. <laughs> because, uh, Anyone after the top five. Anybody, <laughs> anybody after who we talked about, what was it, Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, all that, you know, we could talk all day about bleh, all of them. But to nail down just a little bit, a little bit harder ones that I guess are kind of just where their ADP is at, because you can find a little bit better value in different positions where these guys are going at. But uh, my guy is Dallas Goddard. He's going as a tight end seven. Um, what we just talked about top five, you're good. Anything after, uh, you're guessing. 
Yeah. Well, uh, sorry. Where does he go? Where? What round it's is he going? It's mid seventh. He's going around. Um, I, I can't remember the exact pick it was, uh, but he's going mid uh, mid seventh, eighty fifth overall. I mean, you got players like Tyler Boyd, who we talked about. You, he's going to see a hundred targets easily. Uh, Curtis Samuel. Rather have Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, you're gonna get uh, Visca. Man. I'd rather have Visca. Brandon Cooks, rather have him. I think I'd rather have Brandon Cooks. I just don't like the offense of Houston. No, 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 nobody likes the offense. Yes, I mean, you could the, find you could find better value later in tight ends. If you're, yeah, Dale if you're, because Dale there's Scott no guarantee that now. Dallas Goddard's even gonna see that volume with Zach Ertz still you're right. there. I want to say that ADP. I mean, Zach I get Ertz it. He was gonna be two targets last year. That was more than Dallas Goddard. Goddard was going to be probably in the top 10 uh, no matter what because of his talent. But I feel like this ADP had a lot to do with the Zach Ertz trade rumors all offseason long as well. He's not just going to disappear. It's going to be split between the two tight ends. It has been for the last three, four seasons. Especially it's still now, going to be. Especially now with the news of Devontae uh, Smith <laughs> with the injury. I mean, they're yes. going to probably try to include Zach Ertz a little bit more. And it's probably not going to be very good. No, <laughs> I agree. That offense is not something that I love in fantasy, that's for sure. No, not especially now. But that, that's enough about that terrible uh, tight end value. Let's go and to that, your terrible tight end. My last guy is Logan Thomas. Yeah, I don't hate Logan Thomas. He had a breakout last year, obviously finished as tight end three, tight end three or four last year. But now he, you could get him your last pick of your drafts last year. You picked him up off a of waiver wire or whatever. Now he's going as the 97th player off the board. That's not something I'm interested in. I would uh, completely rather wait and attack a diff- another position, especially with them bringing in all the weapons that we talked about. They brought in Curtis Samuel, McLaurin's still there, um, Diami Brown, and Fitzpatrick. I'm pretty sure I'm not hundred percent. I don't know if we could check this at some time. He is, he targets the tight ends the least out of any amount of any quarterback in the NFL. So those skill sets just don't line up to me. Thomas might be a, the red zone target, but once again, what I talked about, I'm not looking to rely on someone to score a touch, a touchdown every week to be fantasy relevant. No, there's just too many miles to feed there this year. Last year, it made sense. They didn't, they didn't have Curtis Samuel. I mean, they really didn't use Antonio Gibson that much. And then you had Alex Smith just dumping the ball off to me. Yes, yes. The value is just wh- – where he's going, the value just isn't there. Like As if he was going – say if he was going in the range of Mike Gesicki, Robert Tanyan, and that in like the 112 through 117 range. Those are the guys going after Logan Thomas. If he was going in that range compared to 97th, then sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And there's and not, you mentioned Tanya. I mean, Boston coming in with some other nuggets. I mean, Tanya thinks he's gonna he's gonna he thinks Tanya's gonna have a good year with Cobb in town. I mean I agree. I like I, Bob Tanya too. Is lot with Rogers back hundred percent to go. Tanya's gonna have another solid season. Like I'm pretty sure I have him in my top eight um as a top eight tight end 
So, I mean, why would you go and, I mean, you're not really reaching, but why would you go and get somebody like Logan Thomas when you can't wait on somebody like Tanya? Exactly. Get them three rounds late, two, three rounds later than that. Maybe get a little bit more depth in a certain position. I've, you never know. Like, I'd rather just take the, it's like fantasy football. Volume is king. I mean, depth on a roster is king. Mm-hmm. Agreed. A hundred percent. I think that uh, wraps up all of our uh, ADP likes and dislikes, though. Unless you got yeah. any uh, honorable mentions for the dislikes that you'd like to, you know, speak your mind about. No, man, we're running a little long, so I think that's uh, we should wrap it up here pretty quick. Uh, it's not sounded like we're going to have an episode next week, unfortunately. We are going to be attending the Fantasy Football Expo, actually, in Canton that LaPlante and I are actually that are stoked for, to be a part of. So if anybody listening, if Come yeah, down, so, check us out. Check us out at the Fantasy Six Pack booth. Come say hey if you're out that way. Yeah. Um, ignore just the part of the banner that says we will be back here next week. That's <laughs> correct. Uh, we are going to be at the Fantasy Football Expo with our our big boss man Joe Bond. Uh, we're thankful that he invited us along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be going to be an awesome experience. So yeah, we got about. 11 guys from fantasy six pack coming out. Uh, should be a fun little, uh, honestly bonding experience. This is going to be the first time we've all really, at least for me and you and, uh, Ike that we've get to actually meet him in person. Yep. There's yep. supposed to be a lot of cool names at this expo as well. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can meet a person like a Matthew Barry and Ian. <laughs> Mike Taglier uh, or something. I mean, that's <laughs> my mind. But yeah, guys. So we'll be back in a couple weeks. We uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the podcast and Spotify. And please like and subscribe the Fantasy Six Pack YouTube channel. We'd appreciate it. And yeah. uh, you can find all of LaPlante and I's work on fantasysixpack.net. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dclemens2222. Mike, tell the people where they can find you. I mean, uh, you can find me also at uh, Twitter at be like underscore Mike with two eyes. Uh, it's a little confusing because there's two eyes, but there's two eyes. <laughs> um, Change that shit. <laughs> I wish I could. I don't. I don't have that kind of money. Uh, <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say <laughs> thank you, Boston Strangler. You've been. Uh, I appreciate all your uh, input that you've had on the show, and that's I, a lot I, of fun, man. I, I appreciate the kind words you had. You know, telling us that it was a good show because we'll be honest with you. We were nervous. This is the first show for us uh, doing live stream. Uh, so hearing, hearing good things, positive things is always great to hear. So we really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, but we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good yep, week. We hope to see you. We hope to see you later. You guys have a good one. Have a great night. Bye.